This is Sports Psychology Today. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. And every week we delve into interviews on this show with sports personalities about success and failure, about winning and losing. Our show is brought to you by the Washington Times. And I like to look at people and see what they're about, what makes them successful, how have they overcome failure. I've been a sports psychologist for 37 years now in the Kansas City area. And I interview people on this show each week to help you understand success and failure, winning and losing, the mindsets of athletes, the mindsets of competition. As we look at life today, there's so many obstacles we have to overcome. We have to overcome negativity. We have to overcome competition. We need to overcome how people try to beat us. The issue of sportsmanship is a real important one for me. I believe very strongly when you go out and compete, you should get everything you have. But when the competition is over, you shake your opponent's hand and you move on. You may not be happy with the way you competed. You may not be happy with what went on. But you have to learn from that. You have to grow from that. I have a saying, you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will be the one who will come out on top. Today I'm going to be privileged to talk with former professional boxer Jerry Cooney. A man who understands success and failure, he had to overcome obstacles with his personal life. He had an abusive alcoholic father. And yet, in spite of that, he became very, very prominent, one of the top heavyweight boxers of all time. He overcame those obstacles and learned and grew from that. And we'll be talking to Jerry here in a moment about this. But the most important thing that I think we all can learn in our lives is when we fail, how we get back up. And why did that happen? How do we grow from that? How do we become better from that? And now I'm privileged to be talking to former professional fighter Jerry Cooney, a man who has a very illustrious career. He fought Larry Holmes. He fought George Foreman. He knows all about boxing. He knows about life. He's been through a lot in his life. But I want to talk with Jerry today about the whole mental side of sports, about mental toughness, about mental preparation, about intimidation. Obviously, Jerry, when you fought, intimidation had to be an issue. You wanted to intimidate your opponent, not just with your physicality, but with your mindset. And how... Well, you know, I... Go, go ahead. Sorry. No, but how, how no, important I, is that? Well, you know, it's really, you know, in, in all sports, I think it's like a chess match. And once you sign to fight, you're playing chess. And, you know, I'm looking for the upper hand. I'm trying to create some type of, uh, you know, questions in his mind. And, you know, but when you get to the top level like that, you know, it's really just having a fight plan and, and moving forward with it. But, you know, listen, we are athletes, and I, I got to try and knock him down. And so it's uh, some days it's tough. Some days it's, uh, it's, it's easier. Uh, but it's, the mental game is very important. Uh, you know, when you get in, you have a fight plan. You have a couple of different things to fall back on if they don't work. And you have a good corner to help you. You've got a good support system, but you have a good preparation plan is what I'm hearing you say. You're, you're taking the time to know your opponent's moves, know how to, how to attack him, how to step back. You have to have a game plan mentally before you go into the ring. Well, yeah, and, you know, you, as being a fighter, you've seen every move thousands of times. So when I'm when in the first round rings, I'm, I'm walking the guy down. I'm looking at him. I see what he does when I jab. When I throw a right hand, what does he do? How does he react? And then the next time, it's already built into my brain, and then I just adapt. Tell me about growing up 
and becoming a fighter, how you ended up getting into that, and then and why do you think you were able to reach the level you did and have the success you had? And that's a great, great question. And, you know, I grew up in an alcoholic, angry father, lots of physical, mental abuse, neglect. I learned five things. I was no good. I was a failure. I was not going to amount to anything. Don't trust nobody. And don't tell nobody your business. That's what my father gave me, unfortunately, because that's what he got. And what happened to me is I found out these years later that boxing helped me to express the anger I felt for what was going on in my house. And then they put my picture in the paper. So it made me somebody. And I, I could punch. I was a good puncher. And uh, I had a way of, you know, working things out to, you know, break down the guy and uh, figure out how to land that body shot to slow him down and to take him out. Growing up with an alcoholic father is a scary situation. And obviously you had to hide from that a lot of the time, didn't you? You know, I hid in the basement. I had I, 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 my, place, my place, I had five brothers and sisters, was in the basement. And I remember holding on to this pipe, and it was warm. And, you know, if, if I didn't hear the chair moving upstairs, I was okay. But, you know, as you get older, I mean, you have to deal with those demons. And unfortunately, those demons have a way of coming back and and showing their face again. Almost like I was told I was no good so much, I was kept trying to prove him wrong that in the end I self-sabotaged myself. Why do you feel he said those things to you? To help, it's what his father told him, and it was a way to survive. He didn't, my father didn't learn how to live. He learned how to survive. And unfortunately, he never got any help, so he passed that on to his children, unfortunately. And I, the next generation, have not passed that on to my family. Well, how did you learn to overcome that because you you obviously became very successful as a fighter but let's face it i don't care if you're a fighter you're a tennis player you're a bowler you're a person you're a human being you've got emotions you've got feelings and we all i i've i've been talking to athletes for 36 years and i always talk about three things we're reflections of, of, of the way we're raised our genetics and their the environment we're in now so how did you learn to deal with that and to handle that? Obviously, it was a scary situation. The basement was your safe place. Boxing became a safe place, I'm assuming, as well for you. Yes, well, you know, once the bell rang, I had a fight. And I also want to tell you that there was years later, maybe five or six years later, that I was fortunate enough to have this great woman who walked me down in that basement and made me stay down there for 45 minutes and to tell that kid I was okay and I... It's really helped me out a lot in my life. But basically, once the bell rang, I had a fight. I mean, I had lack, I lacked self-confidence. I, I overtrained. I did things to sabotage myself. So if I lost, I had something to say. I, I lost that for that reason. But once the bell rang, I had a fight, and I, I knew that. And uh, my job was to take him out. But you had to have a support system helping you along the way at some point. No. I, you know, I, I really... Um, had a bunch of kids I grew up with that kind of hung around. We went to training camp together, and that was my uh, stability bar, really. So your friends were your support system. What about your siblings? What kind of a role did they play for you? Well, you know, it, unfortunately, when you grew up in a household like that, everybody had their own hiding place. So we never really got to know each other too well. And, and my oldest brother left the house when he was 15. That's how I became a fighter. He started a couple of years later, he started going to a gym, and I used to go be, meet him there on a couple of days a week, and that's how I got into boxing. So, in other words, you know, for some reason in that dysfunction, 
the head of the household keeps everybody separated. And I guess looking back on it, it was so that we couldn't gang up on him. What did you learn after he passed away? Um, what did I learn? I had to forgive him. I had to forgive him in that I had to go, I, you know, I took a, a trip out to where he was buried and spent half a day there with him and had a lot of conversations and, and uh, told him I forgave him. Was that a relief? Was that sort of a, a catharsis for you to, to, to let go of that? I think in some ways all of it works out. And, you know, we realize that, you know, we're running out of time. You know, I had a brother a couple of years ago, took his kid skiing, came home, smoked a cigar, sat on the couch, and he died three days later. No one found him. And so I realized then that, listen, life isn't waiting for us. We're not promised next year. We have to live today like it's the last. And that's been a, a great a treat for me. Well, I admire the fact that you have recognized this in yourself and that what happened growing up has helped you become a better person. I'm sure as a parent yourself, these are things that you think about all the time as you were raising your kids about the way your father raised you. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I never heard about love in my house. I tell my kids, oh, my kids are bored of hearing me tell me how much I love them. <laughs> and that, listen, life is a fight. We're in a fight. I tell people, you know, I work with a lot of underprivileged kids and people who have been neglected, and I let them know that we're in a fight. We have to stand up every day and keep asking the question, can you help me? Let me ask you this question, Jerry. I, I, I work with so many athletes on the topic of self-confidence. And obviously what I'm hearing from you is you felt like you didn't have very much. But obviously you had a lot, you had a lot more than you thought because you were able to, to become successful at what you did. But, well, you know, and someone, someone told me that. They said, you know, no matter what happened with my father, he gave me something to make me who I, who I became. Well, I think he instilled a lot of things in you, a lot of it obviously out of fear. Um, it sounds like you can appreciate who he was and you understand him better now obviously by what's happened in life. But when it comes to this issue of confidence, Jerry, let me ask you this. I, I, I would say, I ask this question, do you have to be confident to be successful or do you have to be successful to be confident? What do you think? Um, I think it's a combination. And, you know, you have to do your work. You have to you know, put the road work in. You have to pay attention to your trainers. And you have to do, put that hard work in. And then you, obviously there's always a calculated risk but you have, you know, areas to fall back on. And if this doesn't work, then I'll, I'll adjust it and turn it into this. And that's how athletes perform. I mean, it's a, it's a work in progress. I mean, I watch the films. You see the guy, what he does. So when you get in there, you make adjustments. And, and that's what's been lost a little bit in the fight game because a lot of those old, great trainers have passed on. And a lot of these young guys have come in, and they're teaching a watered-down version of boxing. What do you mean by that? And so... Well, they're not teaching the defense how to, how to stay in your body, how to keep your hands up, how to protect yourself. It's all about punching. And so instead, I, I, I usually analyze it. I think that if you have a tire on your car and you don't take care of it, you'll get 25,000 miles. But if you take care of that tire, you'll get 50,000 miles. Well, same thing in the fight game. If you protect yourself and you learn defense as well as offense and you move and you stay out of the way, you're going to last and you're going to enjoy yourself a lot more. How much of a role does ego play in all that? Um, ego. You know what? I had lacked a lot of, lot of uh, 
self-esteem. You know, it was for me when the when the when the bell rang, I was in the corner, and I had to fight my way out. And so the confidence and ego was there. It came out in that situation, didn't it? Yes, I had to. I had to stand up. I had to. I had to perform. I had to get that guy. And most of the time, you did. Well, yeah, and then in the end, the kind of that all that dysfunction kind of came up when I really, when I became number one in the world and knocked out Kenny Norton in 54 seconds of the first round. That night, that boogeyman reared his face, and 13 months later, I got stopped in the 13th round against Larry Holmes because I was making some mistakes in that training. What? Okay, yeah. you say the boogeyman appeared. What happened? Well, you know, I started to drink more. I started to, whether it was pressure or stress or lack of confidence, I started to drink more and, and not take care of myself as well, almost like a self-sabotage. And I wished at that time, looking back, I had someone that could have grabbed me by the arm and say, hey, Cooney, come on, listen, this is a great dream. Let's pay attention. So, but fear kind of kicked in, and I think that self-sabotaged myself, and <clears throat> I was afraid of the success. But you know what? I, I, I want to tell you something. I, I admire you for recognizing that now. It, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's bad that it didn't happen at that time because who knows where your career could have gone. Right. But, but I think in the end, you're probably a much better and happier person now because you recognize what happened. Well, you know, I, had a, I needed four or five more fights before I got a shot at Holmes. And Don King, I wouldn't sign with him, so he didn't give me anybody. Looking back, had I got those eight or ten more fights, I could be like some of those other guys who are really struggling today and don't have, uh, you know, a direction. They don't have a, a family. They don't have, uh, you know, love in their life. And I'm, I've been blessed with that. So I feel like in some ways God watched out for me. You know, sports today has changed from when you were competing. Um, there's the, the money now is out of control, and I think money dictates sports to a large degree. Uh Social media puts athletes in a situation where everybody knows everything about an athlete. And that would have been a lot different when you were, you were competing because then I think a lot of these things would have come out and it probably would have affected you in a different way even more so than it probably did. Um, probably. You know, today we have situations where there was a situation just recently, uh, University of Kansas, University of Oklahoma football game, where the beginning of the game – uh, three Kansas players refused to sh shake the Oklahoma player's hand in the in the pregame uh, coin toss. You know, there's a lack of respect today with athletes in a lot of degrees trying to prove themselves as tough, trying to prove that they're, they're really, you know, strong. Isn't that really, though, a sign of weakness? I do. I believe you, and I think that it's, uh, and, and it needs to be disciplined. Listen, we're gifted. We're to be able to perform. We need to respect that. We need to respect the other people. We we have a we we are um, given this strength, so the younger kids can can see it and watch it, and we have to we have a, we have responsibility, and it's getting lost somewhere. And I, along with so many other things in in this world, so it's disappointing, and all we can do is try and carry our load and do the best we can. As someone who mentors younger people. What would you teach them about sportsmanship, about self-respect, and about discipline? Well, you have to respect yourself, and not all of us understand that, and we need to spend a little more time with them to, to get to know them more and how to tweak them and how to make them grow. 
in, in that way, and and that to be aware that listen, this is a great gift that you're, you're that you were given. You know, I, be responsible. I always like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will be the one who'll come out on top. How much of no a role? How much of a role do you think the mental part plays in that capacity? Probably ninety-eight percent. Because. Because you have to have that inside you. you. You're going to get hit with a shot. How do you respond? You fall down, and you just back up and 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 start over again. And you have to. You like you got to do your job. You have, I have to. And if I'm on a team, I got to play my role, so the other guys around me can be supported. And that's what boxing is. I, you, you, boxing is about getting it and getting knocked down. Do we get up, and how do we respond? And that's all part of that. The preparation I'm hearing you talk about is so important. I, I always like to talk with, with athletes, I, and over the years I've adjusted a lot of the things I say, but today I've sort of come up with four key words, preparation, focus, attitude, confidence. I call them the keys to, to success. You've got, like to be, you've got to be prepared mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, nutritionally. You've got to have the right focus. You've got to be able to concentrate on the moment and be ready for distractions. You need to have a positive, realistic attitude. Realistic meaning that things aren't always going to go the way you want. You've got to have a way to ha handle that, and then that comes back to the self-confidence part. Tell me about those words for you. Well, you know, we, we all get that one moment in time, and we want to be able to show up for it. And... Uh, and that's been a great dream, and I've had so many opportunities to stand up for myself and to be that example for my family and my friends and, and people around the world. And, uh, and there's also times where we fail, but we have to come talk about it and grow through that and become better. And that's, I think, is the real goal is to be able to, you know, put that self aside and learn about it and understand it and then let it go and get on with your life. So after you knocked out Ken Norton... What did you learn down the road from that? Well, that was the night my career ended, and I didn't know it in the moment, but I started to, uh, you know, fall prey to the nightlife and to, uh, you know, not showing up on time. And, you know, I lost that discipline a little bit. And, and I, I guess it was dressed up to like I deserved it, but really it was a fear of, oh, my, I'm going to be found out. And that was, that was uh, Jerry, that was the word I was looking for. I was wondering if you're going to say it, fear. And what was your fear yeah. about? You know what? It was an unfounded fear. It was a fear that was given to me by my father that lived in me for so long that I had to work it out and uh, make peace with it. And how, and how did you finally come to peace with that situation with your father? So when you went and sat, sat at his grave and talked to him? Or well, yeah, did I mean, you work? therapy. Therapy uh, is to go to different meetings and I read a lot and you know kind of understand that he he was at fault but he he didn't he didn't, he never got to get it you know like I work with kids and people today and some of them are not ready to hear what I have to say they've got to fall down some more they got to make some more mistakes they got to feel the pain and then they'll come back and they'll be able to hear they have to be available you're a very bright time. man, Jerry. You're a very bright man. You know, I, uh, I admire what you're saying here because a lot of people don't get it. You get it. You you get it because of your upbringing. You get it because you made it to the top. You made it, and you fell, and you but you've gotten back up. And now you've gotten back up stronger, more together, more focused. And I think you you understand people 
a, a great deal now by because of what happened to you. Oh, listen, Doc, I love my life today, and I try every day to help people and to pass on, you know, nice things and to help people have an easier day about themselves. So, listen, it's a, listen we're, we're all lucky. I'm so glad to be talking to you today. You made me remember things I hadn't thought from in so long. Well, I can tell you have a tremendous amount of strength internally by what you're saying. I'm listening to your voice, and I'm, you've learned. I mean, that, that's the thing, Jerry, you learned. I mean, we all learn in life as we get older. And right. a lot of people, though, don't look in the mirror and don't see what's there because they don't want to look at it. And it sounds like out of, fear, out of fear, out of a fear. Of a, and what you find out is the fear was a, was a phony. So, but you know, you, you just have to keep trying. And you know, I got I got a dozen people like that that you you work with. You try and express yourself and and show them the way, and they they run and they hide. So, what what message as we wrap up our interview today? What message would you like to give to young people, to young coaches out there today, to young athletes out there today? who are trying to find who they are. Do not get in the ring with Jerry Cooney. <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen, we got to keep giving, we got to keep putting it out there. We have to keep putting it out there and trying to express ourselves. And, and then, you know, like, it's like the story of God shows himself. If you can't hear him, he leaves and he comes back. And, and so we have to keep putting that love out there and, 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 and enjoying the growth of those people that we are, are, are afforded enrich well it sounds like you made it to the top you fell but you're much farther ahead from the top where you were now in life because of what you've learned jerry i, I cannot thank you enough for joining me today this has been a very very stimulating interview you've inspired me by what you've been telling me about yourself and i think everyone who's listening to this will learn something about life and about success and failure by by what's happened to you well, Doc, that is so great, and I'm so glad I had this opportunity. I'd love to speak to you again sometime. Listen, I'm on SiriusXM Mondays and Fridays from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Channel 93, Monday and Friday night, the fights with Randy Gordon. You get a chance, tune in on your way home. And, uh, Doc, it's been, great. it's been great spending this time with you. Jerry Cooney, it's been my pleasure and continued success to you, sir. I I'm so happy that you learned so much about yourself and, and that you're at peace with who you are now. And, and it's going to make, obviously, it's made your life happy, but it's going to make the rest of your life even better. It's all good, Doc. Thank you. I want to thank Jerry Cooney for joining us today. Stimulating interview. I think we learned so much about success and failure just from what Jerry has gone through in his life. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is Sports Psychology Today, brought to you by the Washington Times newspaper. WashingtonTimes.com or WinnersUnlimited.com get more copies of the show hope you've enjoyed listening and we'll talk to you next week on sports psychology today i'm sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs